0: This is Meg Tilton at The 8 Cow Life, episode number 78, Getting Started. This is The 8 Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose, a place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello friends, and welcome back to the podcast this week. If you listened to last week, I'm sure you're glad to not hear me crying. (laughs) I'm feeling a lot better about everything, and I'm really at peace with the whole situation with our poor little dog, Griff. Uh, We miss him. Our dog, Nestle, I think especially misses him. He seemed kind of depressed the last few days. Um, Anyway, so we are doing well here in the Tilton household. We've had a great week. Um, It's actually Saturday when I'm recording this. I do have a little one sitting on the bed, so you may hear him in the background a little bit. Um, But I wanted to get this recorded and get this going. Oh, there's Lindsay. She's being dramatic. So you may hear, hear her crying in the background too. Anyway, that's a mom life, right? Okay, so I wanted this podcast to be a follow-up to the podcast two weeks from two weeks ago, which is on momentum. And this one is on getting started. And I'm going to talk to you a lot about obstacles that we come up against and then how to navigate those obstacles so that we don't stop before we even get started, right? So if you haven't listened to episode number 76, go back and make sure that you listen to that and then come back and hop on this. You can do it either way. It doesn't really matter. All right, let's jump into what we're going to talk about today. So, if you want to go somewhere, you have to know where you're going, right? It's impossible to go anywhere without knowing where you're going. And so, that is why we have goals, is because people in their life, want to go places. They want to have different outcomes than what they currently have. They want to create new things. We are still in the beginning of 2019, and this is the time of year that everyone is setting goals for themselves. This last week, I read an article on LDS.org, which I believe is in the January 2019 Ensign, and I will link to it in my show notes, on how when you have a binary mindset, around goals, you really set yourself up for failure. So what is a binary mindset? A binary mindset is when it's a thinking process of all or nothing. So off on yes, no pass fail. And when you have this type of mindset, it's so easy to start something and quickly fail because you were not 100% perfect in your execution. So, if you are one of those pe- these people who tends to have a binary mindset, you may stop making big goals or trying at all because you fail every time and relatively quickly. When you have this type of mindset and there is a blip in the road or a mistake made, it's over. But life is not set up to work this way. You are meant to make mistakes and take risks. And not having things work out the first, second, third, or thousandth time is actually very normal. Okay. Nothing has gone wrong when we fail. Nothing. It just means that that way didn't work. So with this understanding of binary mindset, you need to start a project realizing that you are going to fail and that it's okay. And with that realization, then you won't be shocked or disappointed when it happens. And your likelihood of quitting will be much less because it's all part of the plan. It's all part of starting and doing something new. Okay. So if you're like, I want to start something new, I want you to say, I'm going to start something new and I 100% know I'm I'm going to fail. And I'm going to fail and I'm going to fail and I'm going to fail. And that is okay. Okay. That's when massive action kicks in, right? Cause massive action is when you know, you're going to fail and you're willing to fail, but you will fail as many times as it takes until you reach your goal. Now, often during the goal setting time of year, you will hear a lot about the kind of goals you should set. Often you are told that you should set small, really manageable goals. And that is something I agree and disagree with all at once. I believe people don't end up achieving their goals, not because they are too big or too grand or have never been done before. I believe people don't achieve their goals because they don't break the goals down into smaller, more manageable pieces. My mantra is go big and then break it down. So let's talk for a minute about making your goals small and manageable. I'm going to use weight as an example because that's a huge goal for everybody in the new year. So many people have goals to lose weight, but come next December, so many won't have lost a thing. Why is this? Is it because the amount of weight they wanted to lose was just impossible? Highly unlikely, actually. I mean, I guess it could be true, but... I don't think so. I think it's because when you are looking at, say, trying to lose 50, 100, 150 pounds, that seems impossible to your brain because you've never done it before. And it's such a large number that your brain can't wrap its head, pun intended, around it. And if the going is slow, your brain can start slipping into the failure mode of binary mindset. But what if you were to break it down into, say, five pounds a month increments? It seems way more doable to your brain, and the fall to failure is not as far. By breaking down goals into small, bite-sized chunks, you reduce a whole lot of unnecessary chatter and brain drama by making the goal more manageable. This is key for me. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I went to college, I remember being super overwhelmed by all that was required of me during the semester. My mom encouraged me to get a large calendar and write everything that was due on it and when it was due. Then she told me to just take it one day at a time and look at the day or week in front of me. My brain calmed right down. The scope became manageable. Again, Breaking the huge, unfathomable things into workable pieces reduces brain drama that can all too often stop you before you even start because you have a binary mindset. Now, another reason that people have a hard time getting started on something new is that there are so many options on what we can do. It gets really overwhelming So I'm a coach that works with people who want to find something that they are passionate about outside of motherhood. You live in a world that is full of so many possibilities that just determining what exactly you want to do and narrowing it down can be paralyzing. The fear of picking the wrong thing often keeps you from picking anything. There it is again, binary mindset. The thought that there is only one perfect fit for you. And if you don't find it on the first try, it's pointless. But what if you were to look at it from the standpoint that everything you pick that doesn't end up being what lights you up and makes you excited is just a necessary step closer to eventually finding that thing that you want to do. This is why in podcast number 60, I give you actionable steps to determine your passion. I suggest in that podcast that you pick something you think you are interested in and go for it for 30 days. Research all that you can about that subject. Take steps to making it a reality and just really give it a go. We don't have to be all or nothing when it comes to finding something we enjoy. I suggest that you just need to do it for 30 days and then if you like it, keep going. If not, try something else for 30 days. Now, once you reduce the binary mindset chatter, there are many other things you can do to start and keep going on goals. Here is a big one. Stick to your plan no matter what. Be consistent with your commitments. This is something I have been trying to do lately, and I have had to coach myself several times when my brain has not wanted to do them. But this is essential in getting started. We are so easy to keep commitments we have made to others, but we are terrible about keeping commitments to ourselves. Doing this, keeping the commitments to yourself will take practice and planning. So let's talk about what that planning and practice look like. The planning part. You must plan your days. But before you plan your days, you have to identify the things that have to happen Then you can plan when they happen. I have planned many things that I want to accomplish in 2019. I review them regularly and then I plug them into my daily, weekly, or monthly schedule. So for example, I have a small goal of completing a coloring page in a coloring book every month. I know, it's small, but it's important to me. I love the intricate coloring books that they have now. And I want to tap into that small side of my creativeness. I've really felt like that has been lacking. And so this is something that I'm working into my schedule now, but even with a small goal like that, if I don't plan when I'm going to do it, then it won't happen. So guess when I'm planning to do it. I do it during sacrament meetings. I know some may find that not appropriate, but it really does keep me focused on the speaker and what they are saying. And so I feel like it's a win-win for me. I get to listen, I get to retain, and I get to complete a goal that I have. Now, just like this little goal, planning all our goals of what has to happen and when it needs to happen by, and then plugging it into our regular schedules will help make it happen and take the overwhelmingness of a huge goal and break it down into much more manageable bites. Okay, so do you think you can do that? I love this process actually, and I have seen great results because of it. But planning is one thing, staying committed to it is a whole other deal. Last week I had scheduled to organize a portion of my basement. I knew that when the time that I had scheduled this came, that my brain was going to freak out and I was not going to want to do it. It's cold down in the basement. It was going to take a lot of brain power to figure out where I wanted things to go. And I just knew I was going to be tired and I wasn't going to want to do it, but I had committed to do it. And so I did. Did all those things come up for me when it was time to do it? Yep. My brain was whining about the cold, the overwhelm, the unnecessariness of doing it in the moment. But because I was ready for the chatter in my brain and my commitment was there, I got it done. And I'm so glad. It looks so good, right? And it could still be a mess and it could still be stressing me out. You have to be willing to feel uncomfortable to some extent, right? I had to overcome the uncomfortableness in the moment Because if I didn't, I would still feel uncomfortable about it because it would still be a mess and I would still know I had to do it. So why prolong it? Just do it. Okay. We all know the importance of keeping our commitments to others, but why is it important to keep commitments to ourselves? Here is why. Because every time you do, you change and become a different person. Just think of the different person you would be if you committed to, say, read the scriptures for just five minutes a day, or sit down and really listen to your spouse at the end of the day, or eat a fruit or vegetable with every meal. If you did things this small and seemingly insignificant every day for a year, you would be a different person, not only from the knowledge, connection, or health you would gain, but the confidence you would have in yourself to follow through with your commitments. There is so much wisdom in the scripture by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. As you change more and more, that is when you gain momentum, but you have to start somewhere. So I challenge you this week to choose a small commitment that you could keep for a year. And I want it to be super small So that you don't have a ton of brain drama over it, but can just do it and see the benefits of keeping your commitments. If you want to be productive and really get going, here is another tip that is worked for me and is amazing. Get up early and have a solid morning routine. Don't shoot me through the airwaves. I'm saying this as a non-morning person myself. I much prefer to stay up late and sleep in. But I have found over the years that going to bed late and getting up late is not super helpful in getting going towards a productive day. If you're a mom, getting up before your kids makes such a huge difference. For me, it just gives me a chance to collect my thoughts, say my prayers, read my scriptures and do self-coaching and then run into the morning with them. If you have time, I also highly encourage you to go get a workout in as well. Working out just clears my brain and helps me get going. I've committed to go to a 5 a.m. workout class every Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm not gonna lie, getting out of bed is rough, but once I do and I'm back home, I have the momentum necessary to keep going with my day. But remember, getting up early has to go hand in hand with going to bed early. Ladies, we need our sleep to be productive. And this is really hitting me at the age of almost 43, like I'm tired. And if I want to be successful, I know how important sleep is. If you are getting up early, you have to go to bed early. Sleep is an essential part of getting going and getting things done. There is nothing worse than starting a day or a project or an adventure, whatever it is, in a foggy state. Your brain needs sleep to function at its highest level. So I highly encourage you to make it a priority and let your family and friends know it's a priority. And when that clock says 9 p.m. or whatever time is early for you, you go, peace out. I'm going to bed. It is so important and it will make a difference in just the relationships too that you have. It is so important and you need to set that example for your children and for those around you. And you especially need to do it for yourself. Now we are ultimately responsible for our outcomes. And this is my last tip in getting started because we are ultimately responsible for our outcomes, but it is so much more fun and usually so much easier with a support group. So if you are setting out on a new adventure, rally people around you who are really going to have your best interests and success at heart. And when I say people with your best interests and success at heart, that does not always mean your family and friends. Yes, I want you to have family and friends around you, and I want you to have them in your life. But if you want to be really successful, you have to engage and surround yourself with people who are going to give you honest and true feedback. Family members and friends just want us to be happy, but that is not always the thing we need to reach our fullest potential. You need to make sure that you bring people into your life that will tell you when you are on the right path, but you are just having to wade through some uncomfortableness that comes from starting anything and who are also willing to tell you when you are not going down the right path. You need people in your life who desire your best outcome, but are willing to tell you what you need to hear when you need a different perspective that is unbiased and non-emotional. Emotions are big things, but they get in the way so many times of us really going big and getting started. You need people who can help push you through those and who aren't going to feel sorry for your discomfort. This is one reason I love coaching. Coaching is so powerful, Because while I care for my clients, I truly do. I have amazing clients who are just, I love them all. I don't let their emotional drama keep me from pushing them. I know being uncomfortable is all part of the process. And as I'm able to guide my clients through that is when their true personal growth takes place. It is so gratifying to me to see them get to the other side of uncomfortableness and know it was all worth it. It is so awesome. So I encourage you to find a coach or someone who will not get in the emotional pool of life with you and let them help you get going towards your dreams. If you would like to have me help you get started and then just keep going towards discovering and going after your passions, please go to the show notes and follow the link for the free call with me. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. I'd love to chat with you. So don't be shy. I'm super nice. And I'd love to chat and i love to coach is my favorite thing to do. It is so awesome because I see incredible, real results in my clients and it's life changing. So get on that call. Don't let the uncomfortableness of, I don't know her. I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know if it's really a priority or I won't be able to do the things that she's going to challenge me to do. I don't like any of those, right? Just hop on a call and let me coach you through it all. That's what I do for a living. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back here next week. And I hope to chat with some of you sometime. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.